Welcome to the Mala Movement podcast. Each episode, we share our experience and research on all things natural living, holistic health, and mindful being. We are so grateful that you're hanging out with us. Let's dive on in. Hey, hey, this is another repost episode. It was actually episode number two, and it was a juicy one. I talked all about the collective fear the whole virus situation, lockdowns, and yeah, just how it's not serving and things like that. So this was actually recorded during the first stage for lockdown in Melbourne. And since I've actually moved to Queensland, I decked out a van during the lockdown and I scooted off to Queensland. But it is still very much a reality for so many people. And Melbourne has since gone into their fifth lockdown. So fucking devastating. I'm just, my heart's breaking for everyone out there. And my family's there. And it's a total shit show. Like, even just to be able to travel back is out of the question without a quarantine and testing and all that sort of shit. So I wanted to share some light in this darkness and just give you some food for thought around this whole situation because it is still so so relevant and I know you're going to get something out of this and I'm just trusting that it's going to support you in whatever way it's meant to please let me know how this lands for you I know it's still so relevant the stats again are going to be a little bit off because this was recorded in 2020 but still so relevant I'm telling you right now all right let's dive in Hello and welcome to episode number two. Today I want to have a chat about all the collective fear and the stress and frustration that's been happening I feel in so many places of the world right now and the truth is I feel like it's been happening all year. Most of us have had our worlds absolutely turned upside down and I really feel like 2020 is the year of the awakening that's for sure and the veil is definitely being lifted. So much that was once hidden in the shadows is now fully in sight And all of this unfolding that's been happening, it's definitely created a lot of stress, a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety and frustration for so many people. Fear from the virus and the unknown, stress from people losing their jobs, being at home isolated, not having their typical support network and feeling just out of control in the situation. And the frustration of just how this whole situation is being dealt with, the lack of transparency and the differing of opinions and views. Plus all the other things that I haven't mentioned. So in this episode, I want to bring to light some of the potential unconscious things that might not be serving you, plus give you some ideas of how you can move forward so that you can actually come out of this with your sanity and integrity in check. And firstly, I want to start by touching on the media and the news and how overwhelming it can be taking on the drama and pain of the world on a daily basis. I understand many people want to make sure that they're staying informed, though too much can be just like unnecessary. Think about it. Before the mainstream media came along, most of us would have been just dealing with our own internal issues or just the community, like our immediate community problems. Though now we have the news literally of the entire world weighing heavily on our shoulders and our poor little nervous systems can really find it hard to harmonize and keep up with all that extra input coming in from outside of you. But what's worse is that what you consume from the media can subconsciously signal to your nervous system that you aren't safe, putting you in like that state of stress and fear. Stress because when you actually watch something that's disturbing, dramatic or scary, whether it's real or made up, if you when you're watching it, your body doesn't actually know that it's just TV or it's just the media. It's seeing that and processing that as if it's happening to you 
or around you. It's in your current reality. So consciously, you know, you're safe, but at the same time, your body is being pumped full of adrenaline and you might start holding your breath. You might feel your heart beating a little extra faster. You're safe, but your body is literally having a physiological response to something that you're just watching. It's pretty insane, but unfortunately our brain doesn't realize that it's happening outside of us and it doesn't know that it's just TV. And then there's the fear component, which the media does a really freaking good job at filling people with. When you think about it, the news is only news because it's dramatic and because humans are wired for survival, our attention will always be attracted to anything that might be a threat. So if something is a threat to our life, our work, our income, environment, all of that sort of stuff, we will pay attention to it. And this is why the news often uses like fear mongering headlines to keep you watching. They're always telling you something to fear, not always directly, but often indirectly. It's always something. And the only reason I share all this is because it's important to know that when you're in a state of fear or stress, you become a lot more easier to influence and control as being in a stress or fearful state turns on those survival parts of your brain, making your rational thinking brain go out the window. Now, before you dismiss this, think about it. Fear has been used as a tool to manipulate and control for like since the dawn of time. Many parents even use this when you were younger like just to help us behave. So think about when they said, stop doing that or you'll get a snack or if you misbehave, Santa won't come. Hurry up or I'll leave you behind and don't talk to strangers, you'll get kidnapped. So some of these phrases would have been for our very safety, but others were just for us to comply and behave for our parents. Or you might even be able to relate to your own internal fears and how they might have dictated your decisions in the past. So how many times have you self-sabotaged or not done something just because you were scared? I can think of literally so, so many examples in my own life where fear held me back and dictated my decisions, like staying in a relationship just because I was scared that I would get hurt in the next one or not putting myself out there because I was scared of being judged or being seen as not good enough or rejected staying in jobs that I hated or wasn't enjoying because I was scared of starting a new career or making a new path for myself in a new direction. These are all fears that I've overcome and moved through, but for a really long time, I let them dictate my actions. And this was all because I was coming from a place of fear instead of love. When you ask what would love do, (laughs) it's always a different outcome. And when you're in a state of fear, everything you do will be based around survival as fear is one of the most powerful human emotions. And fear isn't innately bad. I I don't want you to think that it's not bad or wrong. It definitely serves us in certain circumstances, but it's debilitating and so taxing when it's present unnecessarily, which is what I'm seeing a lot right now with all the fear mongering and hysteria around the virus. And again, I know it's touchy, but I'm going to go there because it's relevant to what's happening all around the world right now. I'm in Melbourne, so things are pretty hectic here. So I wanna speak to it. Now I know it's true that COVID has resulted in death in some of the population. Though typically the people who have tragically died from it seem to be the elderly, people in their eighties and nineties who would likely have underlying medical conditions. Now, please don't misconstrue what I just said. This isn't to say that elderly don't matter. I love and respect all elders and I think that they should be absolutely protected. So this isn't to say that certain people's lives matter more than others. Everyone's lives matter. 
but what I find the media and government fails to inform people on is that COVID isn't a death sentence. 99% of cases are mild, though this isn't something that you hear in the media or from the government. They're focusing on the 1% to 3% death rate instead of the 97 to 99% survival rate. And this fear has just resulted in so many lockdowns, like Melbourne's in stage four right now, and it's totally dysregulated to the severity of this virus, in my opinion. Other people will argue this is my truth and I will speak my truth. And I agree that the vulnerable population, including the elderly, immunocompromised, asthmatics and diabetics, anyone who is vulnerable should be cocooned and protected and all of our resources should and could be going towards these people, though instead the whole city of Melbourne has gone into strict lockdown out of fear of a 1% to 3% death rate. 1% of cases are severe. So as I said, this feels really dysregulated and it seems to have created a lot of hysteria that's totally unnecessary, in my opinion. And as a result of these strict lockdowns, mental health issues are absolutely compounding. It's even been predicted that there will be a generational mental health crisis. That is absolutely devastating. And instead of hospitals being overwhelmed, the mental health support system is being completely overwhelmed with up to a 40% increases of calls to places like Beyond Blue and Kids Helpline. And when I was actually speaking out about this on social media a little bit, my friend who works for Triple Zero in the police dispatch unit has even recognized herself that there's been a huge jump in suicides and attempts since COVID, which is absolutely devastating because 3,000 people on average already in Australia commit suicide every single year. And since the start of COVID and lockdowns, experts have predicted that there will be anywhere from 750 to 1,500 extra people committing suicide each year due to the isolation, fear, job loss, domestic violence, financial pressure, whatever it may be, all from COVID lockdowns. And they've said that this could happen for the next five years, that extra increase. So that's an extra 750 to 1,500 lives that are likely to be lost due to COVID. And the reason I speak so passionately about the mental health implications is because I too have gone through my own mental health challenges. And I feel it's only due to my current practices, routines and awareness and what I've been through and I've come out the other side. I've been able to actually keep myself afloat during this. But if I was where I was five years ago, I honestly do not think that I would be keeping my shit together all that well. And this isn't to say that I haven't had my moments. It's definitely been a roller coaster while trying to just adapt to this whole situation. Though these days I know how to recognize when I'm headed down in a downward spiral. I know my limits, I know my edges, and I have better boundaries and certain practices to nurture myself through this. It really is my belief that fear is a real virus here because when people are in a state of fear, their immune systems are suppressed. They just don't work efficiently. When you're in fight or flight survival mode, your immune system downregulates, your digestive system downregulates, all the systems in your body do not work efficiently. Reproduction goes down on the back burner. Everything is just working at keeping you alive. So the immune system, what we need right now is crashing because of all the fear and hysteria. So in saying all of that, I really want to offer you some suggestions of how you can manage your energy and calm your nervous system, that precious little nervous system, 
through these times so you can come out of this stronger and more connected. So number one, I invite you to think critically. With so many opinions, views and projections in the world right now, critical thinking is just so, so important. And I understand most people who watch the mainstream media are very, very well informed about one particular way of approaching this whole COVID situation. So this is why I'm sharing all of this today as it's my intention to return balance back to this conversation and offer a different way of looking at things and put COVID back into perspective. Because even the languaging that's been thrown around this whole thing just feels really off to me. It just doesn't make sense to me and it's not something that I'm willing to stand behind. Like there's nothing social about social distancing. Quarantine is something that's meant for sick people. Not everyone is safer at home, things like that. And it's been said that this is all for the greater good. I've heard that. But for the greater good of who? People have lost their livelihoods. Businesses that were passed down from generation to generation are ruined. Many small businesses may never reopen. We have destroyed the Australian economy. Communities and our sense of connection have been totally disrupted. Kids' education is just totally up in the air, like parents are being forced to homeschool, putting extra pressure on relationships and the family unit. People are turning to alcohol and food as a coping mechanism. Many people are stuck in homes with an abuser. Kids aren't able to play and connect with other kids. They're not able to run around and, you know, push each other over and rub their hands in the dirt and just play with other kids. How is that going to affect that generation moving forward? I walked past, um, probably he looked about 12 years old and I was just going for a walk, but he was literally just doing this dance. Like, you know, when you're about to run into someone, he was like meters away from me and he just did not know where to go. Like he was so scared of me just walking past like, oh, shit, I don't want to do the wrong thing. We're all walking around on tippy toes around each other. I guess it's just really disturbing how much our human to human connection has been disrupted by all of this. We're scared of each other. And people with mental health issues, I just want to add, they don't have access to the one-to-one -one in person support. A lot of places are going online and I've spoken to many people and they say, oh yeah, my child, she can't see a psychologist. So they're doing phone appointments, but it's just not the same. And she won't open up to me. They've given her books, but I've heard this story so many times that people don't have access to that one-to-one -one human connection. I've had conversations online and it is not the same. It definitely isn't the same as that one-to-one -one interaction because when you're in person with someone, there's an energy exchange as well that happens, yeah? It's very hard, like it can come across in like a Zoom console or something like that. It could potentially come across, but you have to overdo it and really give your energy and some people won't pick up on that. There's an energy exchange that happens when you're in the room with someone and people are losing that. And all these people who live at home alone, they're by themselves through this. People who used to go into work as a social thing. I know a lot of people, they find work really, really social. Some people, like a lot of people actually, don't have a job to go to anymore. They're stuck at home. They're stuck at home with just me, myself and I. And they've lost all that social interaction that they used to get. So there's nothing normal about this new normal that they're trying to say, this is the new normal. Masks, being scared of other human beings, covering up our face, breathing in our own oxygen, not being able to see people's smiles, locking ourselves inside and thinking a vaccine can save us is not normal. It's not how us humans 
naturally think or behave. We're going against all of our, like our immune system exists for a reason. Breathing through our nose <laughs> exists for a reason that helps filter out viruses and bacteria and things like that. Human connection is something that if we did not, when babies don't have human connection in their, they've done studies, very, very um, sad studies where they deprived um, newborns of human interaction. They got fed, they got changed and things like that, but they didn't get love and connection from any carers and these babies died they tragically died i don't know how this experiment happened it's a long time ago but human interaction is absolutely vital it is vital for everyone we don't need more isolation many people were already feeling so isolated before this happened with you know the internet age and things like that i'm actually grateful for social media in this, this circumstance because it's a way that i'm able to still connect with people but we did not need more isolation in our lives. We need more connection. We need more love. We need more conversations. We need more smiles. All right, I'm going to bring myself back in. There have currently been, as I'm recording this, 22,358 recorded COVID cases in Australia. And of those 22,358 cases, 361 people have tragically died. And whether these deaths were directly due to COVID or whether they died with COVID is another question, uh, as there's always many, many contributing factors to everything, absolutely everything. It's never usually just one thing. So that's a question that I have in my mind. Are these people dying with COVID in their system or was it directly due to COVID? And just to help bring this further back into perspective, I got some 2018 stats around like top causes of death and things like that in 2018. So I just picked out a few. 3,102 people died of the flu or influenza in 2018. And that was with a vaccine. So a vaccine was available, yet 3,102 people still died of the flu. So for me personally, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that a COVID vaccine that hasn't been properly tested or run its trials properly or anything like that is going to be the solution in this scenario. It's very hard for me to, to believe just to the fact that 3,102 people died of the flu, even though that there was a vaccine available. All right. Now also 2,952 people died of accidental falls. That is a significant amount of people. Nearly 3,000 people died in 2018 of accidental falls, falling over. 4,656 people died of diabetes. 17,533 people died of heart disease. And in 2018, 3,046 people died of self-harm suicide. So I've linked in the show notes where I got my resources from. So you can check that out if you wish. So in saying all of this, my question is, if this whole thing was really about our health, why isn't there more education being shared about how to support the immune system and how to maintain good health? As the data has shown that people with diabetes and heart disease, etc., which are all lifestyle induced, are more vulnerable. Instead, we're being told to put a mask on, lock yourself indoors, wait for a vaccine and be scared of this COVID virus. 
I have yet to see someone who is actually sharing information about supporting the immune system. And this all goes back to my previous episode of holistic health. Modern medicine is about managing these diseases with medication and things outside the body, whereas natural and the holistic approach instead looks at how to empower the people with the knowledge, plus build a healthier and more adaptable body from the inside out. Huge difference there. Both can work together, absolutely. And in some cases, masks, isolation, and possibly a vaccine could be appropriate for certain parts of the population, but definitely not all as I was saying in the previous episode. So these things can work together and certain things make sense for certain people. But for healthy individuals, I disagree. I would rather work on building my immune system and things like that. So I'm gonna chat more about that in the next episode about immune health and how to support the immune system and all of that because I don't think enough people are talking about it whatsoever. So. I'm going to put that on the table and share that with you in the next episode. Moving on to number two of how to support your nervous system and things like that. I want to speak to boundaries. So this is a huge topic. So I'm just going to focus on one aspect, which is having boundaries with the media as the news is designed to keep you in that consuming and fearful state. So I highly, highly, I can't recommend enough creating some really healthy boundaries around how much news you consume and what sort of news you're consuming and limiting this alone can really dramatically just give you that life back into you. I personally don't own a TV. I get my news through either Facebook or Instagram, but I'm very mindful of my sources and I definitely don't consume news in the hour leading up to when I go to bed because that hour before you go to bed, You're in more of a theta brainwave state, which actually makes you more vulnerable to taking on a lot of those emotions and really just getting lost in those rabbit holes. I think a lot of us can relate to being up way too late, going down some serious rabbit holes. So definitely having boundaries before bed, at least an hour of screen-free time is going to do you wonders, but also just potentially even halving your media consumption. You can stay informed while not watching the actual news, or you could just ask a a friend or a relative who likes to watch the news. You could just be like, just tell me what I need to know. But I challenge you that you don't need to know a lot of this stuff. Like you can still stay informed without owning a TV, without switching on the actual news and choosing your sources wisely of who you consume your news from. It can be an absolute game changer. So I recommend that. Now moving on to number three, Practice compassion. So everyone is having their own experience through this based on their own beliefs, their own life experiences up until this point. Now I know there's a lot of reactivity happening and circulating around right now. But remember, everyone is doing their best to navigate these quickly changing times. It's full on for everyone. Most people have had their complete worlds turned upside down, their routines totally disrupted. And this is causing a lot of high stress, a lot of fear, all of that's going on. And when people, when a lot of people are in that stressed fight or flight mode state, reaction is going to be more natural. Like that's just going to, people are going to be quicker to react, people to jump on, quicker to attack, all of that. So people are a bit irritable, angry, frustrated. So just be mindful not to take things personally through all of this. Okay. Practicing compassion for others 
Everyone's on their own journey. Not everyone will have the same beliefs or experiences as you. All we can ever do is stand in our own truth moment to moment. And when you're able to respond from a place of compassion, when someone is really reacting to you or at you, it will help diffuse the situation because when you're compassionate and just holding space and not bouncing back and hitting up against each other, they run out of ammo. There's nothing to push up against. So practice compassion for others, but also have compassion for yourself. You're allowed to feel okay and happy one day and then feel frustrated and overwhelmed the next. What's happening in the world right now is chaotic. I it's, it's full on for everyone. We've never experienced anything like this before. So it will feel like a bit of a roller coaster, that's for sure. Though as you continue to adapt and find your edges, you will slowly find your center again, okay? I would like to say there's no balance, but there's a counterbalance. It's always like finding your edges, testing the waters, and just bringing coming back closer to center as you can. And also remembering the fact that hurt people hurt people. At the end of the day, I feel like you could literally cry if you knew the extent of everyone's internal suffering. A lot of people who are really angry and hurting inside, they like to, I guess, spew that out. I used to do this. I'm not exempt from this. When I was very, I would have been like 18, I was so reactive. I had so much hurt and suffering inside that when I would get home from work, I would literally just attack like verbally yell at my mom, just want to express all of this and spew it out just to get it out of my body. I didn't realize that's what I was doing at the time, but it would just come out sideways because I was hurting so much. I never meant it, any of it, but it would just come out because I didn't know how to regulate myself and express it in a clean way. A clean, like anger's not bad. There's clean anger and then there's aggression. I was just aggressive. A lot of people would be surprised to hear that, but we all have our shadows. We've all had our experiences. I've definitely learned to better navigate that and not let my anger come out sideways anymore. But just please know that it's very rare that someone who is happy, whole and full of love would ever want to intentionally hurt someone else. Okay. So hurt people, hurt people. And also just remembering that people are going to have differences of opinion and respond differently. So remember to honor where people are at. We don't have to change anyone. We can still speak our truth. People can take what they want, disregard what doesn't resonate and come to their own solution. Okay. We don't have to change anyone. Okay. Now moving on to number four is nourishing your nervous system and practicing stress management. Now there is so many ways to do this through food, through breath, meditation, massage, mindfulness, energy work, art, all the things. There's so many things that you can do and play around with, though I just want to invite you to take some space for yourself, tune in and just simply ask, what is my body needing right now? What would feel really, really good? And just sit with that question, see what comes up. It could be something as simple as standing outside on the grass for a few minutes in silence, listening to the sound of your breath or taking a really nice warm bath. It doesn't have to be complicated. Ask yourself the question, get silent. Your body has the answers. The answers are always within you. You've just got to listen. 
So stress management is actually one of the things that I love to share and teach on and coach my clients through because of how transformative it was in my life with all my digestive issues and chronic stress and overwhelm and just all the things. It was a game changer. And once I was able to manage stress and learn how to adapt and work with and transform my mindset even... I was able to overcome my digestive issues because I could actually get into rest and digest mode, which allowed me to fully digest my food. Because when your digestive system's turned off because you're in a stress response, the food just sits there and it bloats you and it causes chaos. You don't absorb your nutrients and it's a shit show. So I love the practice of stress management. I know it's not necessarily cool or trending or anything like that. People are really into self-care. Maybe it can fall under that category, but... Sometimes it's the simple things and a lot of people don't want to deal with their stress, but it is so, so key. Stress is always going to be a part of our lives and it's learning how to adapt and work with and to be able to dance with it really, because as I said, it's always going to be there and that's what I love to share. So if you want to work with me one-on-one, I can definitely support you around stress management and all of that fun stuff and release some shit that's no longer serving you. That is also my jam. I love doing that through the practice of EFT and just coaching in general. But I also have my Thrive Hub, which I've renamed. So it was the Holistic Living Hub. I've got Thrive Hub and I'm currently updating one of the courses in there and adding to it. So watch this space. I will announce when that's all created and fleshed out. But basically it's going to be like your self-care, stress management, little hub as well as like mastering your mindset and shifting the way you think because a lot of people are experiencing the same reality very differently so a lot of it has to do with how you're choosing to look at your reality and what you're projecting out and assuming and all these types of things so I'm going to be making some magic around that and I'll let you know when that's available but for now reach out if you're wanting to work with me one-on-one. I love to support you. It is my jam. I freaking love it. And I could geek out on it all day. Like watching someone fucking transform within just one session and release like some of the shit, like heavy emotions that have been just carrying around with them is my favorite thing in the world. So yeah, just to see you feel lighter in some way, calmer in some way more back in your body instead of your head so you're grounding back down I just love it anyways reach out if you want to jam with me on that but I trust that this should hopefully get you started and get you tuning back into yourself because your body holds so much wisdom okay so start by asking those questions but if you feel that you want more support definitely reach out I'm more than happy to point you in the right direction and all of that sort of stuff now to finish this off I just want to leave you with one quote. It's by Robert Augustus Masters. And he says this, To avoid death is to avoid what makes it possible, slowly but surely numbing us to life. Such a powerful quote. We can't be walking around in fear and trying to bubble wrap ourselves. There's a risk of dying getting into a car. There's a risk of dying getting onto a plane, walking across the road going into a surgery that just a minor surgery getting your wisdom teeth out i nearly died just getting my tonsils out there's always a risk in life but we can't stop living in order to avoid all of that risk there's risk in everything hope that leaves you with something that's all for this week 
I know this was a big episode, but you may need to listen a couple of times, but I just want to take this opportunity to thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for staying with me to the end of this episode and just being open. I really appreciate you. And as always, I would love to hear your feedback. So slide on into my DM if you'd like, if you want to chat, have any questions or just, yeah, give me feedback on this episode. And if you're loving it, please subscribe or follow on whatever podcast app you use. That way you don't miss a thing and you'll get early access to future episodes. All right, much love and have a beautiful week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We hope you loved this episode. And if you did, make sure you hit subscribe and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts with your favorite takeaway from this episode because that way we know what you're loving and it also helps share this podcast with new people and get it into new people's ears and share the message. We would really, really value your support in that because that just really helps keep the podcast growing and allows us to keep on showing up in this way for you. Another way you can share the love is just simply sending this episode to someone you think would benefit or even just taking a screenshot and sharing it on your Insta stories and tagging us. We'd love to see that you're tuning in and get to know you over on the gram. So we'd love to see that. Again, thank you so much for hanging out and we'll speak to you in the next episode. Bye.